Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, and Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks, how do do do? You're very welcome back to the Mayo Are Back podcast. It's season 5, episode 10. It's an absolutely fabulous time to be a half-bake or an inbred or a not-well or win whatever which way you identify yourself as a Mayo supporter. We're right where we want to be, right stuck in at the business end of the championship. We know who we're playing in the All-Arnold Final. We know what podcast we're listening to right now. The only thing the listener does not know is who is the very, very special guest that's going to be joining us on here today. We announced on the Instagram that we wanted some quick-fire questions for a man who's a bit of a quick-firer himself. Some of you may be familiar with some of his work on the pitch and off the pitch. It's our very own special guest on this podcast today and almost every day. Fat Larry. How do, Fat Larry? Hello, TJ. How are you keeping? I hope all the Mayo inbreds out there are well. You know, we're here now to kind of, I suppose, build a little bit of a halfway house for the inbreds. We're over the semi-final and we're on the countdown now, as it were, to the All-Ireland final. The inbreds have been very patient. They've done very, very well over the last two and a half weeks or so. And it's getting near the time now when Sam will be coming home in this the first year of what promises to be 69 magical years for Mayo football. It's an absolute disgrace the way that the GEA have left us Mayo fans in the lurch for the last two and a half weeks and another week and a half to go. I'm beside myself with Mayo fever at the moment. I can't sleep at night. I'm turning. I'm tossing. I wake up in the morning and I can't get these impure Mayo thoughts out of my head. What happens if we're going to do it? How will the lads look towards the very end of the game? All of these thoughts and imagery is just swirling around inside my mind and I can't get a moment's rest from it. So I think Tyrone, the GEA and the wider government at large should all be taking a right long look at themselves this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're listening to this podcast listener. They should be looking at themselves and they should be hanging their heads in shame because it makes me sick. It's been a tough two and a half weeks, you know, it's been a long time, you know, since Mayo have beaten Dublin now at this stage and it kind of feels like to me that we should have the All-Ireland wrapped up at this stage. You know, I've done something that I didn't think that I would do after the game. I remember the Monday morning after the the Mayo-Dublin semi-final, I did my little clothes wash and I just hung all my Mayo jerseys out on the line and whatever which way and... You know, to be fair, I looked at it and thought eight Mayo jerseys was surely enough. You know, one for each day of the week and a spare one in case, you know, a can of Bulmers or whatever was to manifest itself on the jersey. But I've gone on and now and I've bought four more ones. You know, it's been mm-hmm. it's been a tough couple of weeks. I bought the, the black one. I bought the red one. Um, I even went and bought a Mayo Camogie one. That's the level of Mayo fever that I'm experiencing right now. And I'm sitting here wearing a Mayo headband just to paint a little picture for the listener at home. I'm not a bit well. Eagle-eared listeners will have picked up on Fat Larry using the C word throughout that statement there. That is, of course, Camogie. 
something that this podcast is here basically to address. The only reason this podcast is being made is to address and redress and reassert ourselves and reinsert ourselves in the idea of Komogi as a sport that's well played in Mayo. The crickets have been in touch, Fat Larry, and they've been very crickishal about some of our podcasts in recent years. Somebody said to me recently, you've had five years, almost 50 podcasts, and not a single mention of Komogi. Is that sexist? Is that racist? What sort of hate crime are we doing, Fat Larry, when we don't mention Komogi enough on this podcast and and should you be hanging your heads in shame over this we ought to be absolutely ashamed of ourselves of course this is our fifth year of podcasting but we should also say and you know to be fair to us we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves either we are on the go here as a podcast organization for four years longer than this Mayo Komogi team has been in existence They took a long hiatus, you know, for many, many years. I remember back in my younger days, I remember, all right, the Manila Camogie team were, you know, one of the most feared Camogie franchises in the whole of not just the County Mayo, but all over Hurling country and Camogie country all over the globe. So it's great to see the Mayo Camogie team back. And as you said, TJ, that's why we're here. We talk a lot about, you know, manifesting positive Mayo energy and giving a little bit back to the earth in the hope that it would give us, you know, something back in return. And, you know, I think it's a perfect opportunity to talk Komogi. After all, it was Mayo who defeated a Tyrone team. Now, that sounds to me, Fat Larry, like a good O-man. We'd be firm believers in O-mans on this podcast. And when the Mayo hurlers went out and gave it to Tyrone in such unceremonious fashion here in Crow Park a few months ago. I don't think many of us believed that that would be the exact fixture we'd see in the All-Ireland final this season. But we saw it in the Hurling, then we saw it in the Camogie. We'll see it in the football, but we have no interest in talking football here on today's pod. We're here to talk about the real stuff. That's the Nancy Murren Cup Championship, which was rounded out there over the course of the weekend. And the Mayo Camogie girls on the pitch on the day were much stronger than their opposition and they they really hammered them as uh, for all intensive purposes it was and I suppose you know the thing that uh, blew me away when I was watching from the stand that day was you know the pace and the skill levels of this Mayo Komogi team it was you know great to see it was a very enjoyable game I hadn't been to uh, a Komogi match in a little while but I was thoroughly um, you know thankful that I made the the journey to watch that one and you know, they, they racked up a big score on the day. They gave them a nice hammering, kept the foot down on the throat, as it were, all the way through. And, you know, if our men's team now could, you know, hold it together and not shit themselves in the All-Ireland final and produce a similar performance to the Camogie team, we would be very, very content. I think if they played half as well as the Camogie team did, it should be good enough for them on the day. And, you know, it's just one of these positive manifestations that we don't have too often. We seem to be picking up the trophies and the All-Arnold trophies in that sense every couple of weeks now. And it's a great addition to the Mayo spectrum this season, no matter what side of the coin you fall on, whether it be football, ladies football, if I can use such a a horrific term, but football in both codes, hurling and also camogie. You know, it's great to see Mayo excelling in all of these sports. And it's a great time to be a Mayo person. And I have written in my notes here earlier on, Fat Larry, if you don't mind me just alluding to them for one second, Mm -hmm. what I'd like to say at this venture is, up Mayo. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've said it there that the ladies have been really, you know, flying the flag for Mayo this year and, you know, across all the different codes. And, you know, you can clearly see that's rubbing off on this, you know, Mayo team. You know, they're they're definitely, you know, picking up a lot of tips in terms of, you know, hair care and, you know, tan and self-care and all the rest of it. And we're going to need every bit of that now because, you know, we need to mind ourselves. Our players need to mind themselves. You know, we've, you know, got another 10 days or so to go to the All-Ireland final. It's been a long wait. And as you said, Mayo fever now, the numbers are really starting to, to stack up. And I think we need to try and keep those Mayo players isolated and keep them under wraps so that they can go out and, you know, finish this, you know, awful journey, I think. it's It's been very, very pleasurable of course and we've got great fun out of following this Mayo team down through the years but I think a lot of people just kind of feel like you know they'd like to get on with their lives now and let Mayo just do the job and uh, yeah that's what I'm hoping for. Shoot the load Mayo is one of the sediments that's been expressed throughout this podcast and many podcasts down through the years but this really is the year you know this beautiful quest this wonderful journey as Fat Larry said that we've been on over these many, many years. It's been pleasurable, it's been painful, it's been a roller coaster of emotions, it's been a tough ride at times. But we've ridden this crest of this wave all the way through the championship this season, right the way through Connacht, through that unbelievable semi-final performance against Dublin. And now we're hoping for more of the same against Tyrone. And if we can infer towards that game at this venture, you know, just to say that we need to keep these Tyrone guys guessing. We need to keep everything under a shadowy veil in Mayo, like they've been doing themselves. So I don't want to hear any talk about injuries. I don't want to hear any talk about Mayo fever outside of the camp. Let's keep it as a supporters-based analysis. But any of that that spreads outside the camp, we don't want these boys getting the upper hand, or the red hand, as it were. Yeah, I think a lot of us didn't see the result going the way it did on Saturday. I was, you know, talking to a lot of different well-informed and some a lot more poorly informed inbreds in the run-up to the Tyrone Kerry game who were all, you know, writing them off. And that's what I love about, you know, this, you know, Mayo supporter base. You know, they're, they're some of the most, you know, ill-informed, unwell GA supporters anywhere in across the world. Mm-hmm. But... At the same time, you know, they're you know they they really have got the head screwed on in a kind of a different way, and you can see that you know it's it's manifesting itself in all different sort of ways now. Particularly if you look on social media, people are getting very pent up and very angry about the ticketing fiasco that's going on at the minute. And of course, we've just got news as well. I know TJ, you were very very unwell when you heard the news that. Dublin Joe McQuillan is going to be refing the All-Ireland final now between Tyrone and Mayo. I was absolutely vexed, Fat Larry. I was beside myself with anger. The only way I would have been any more angry was if it was Cormac Lane or David Coldrick or Morris Deegan or possibly Cormac Riley or possibly David Goff even mm. or the other lad, the other book... Um, the other, the other lad that has shafted us before in the past. I would be very vexed with any or all of them. And I'm equally as vexed with Dublin, Joe. And then it took me a moment to realise that we're not playing Dublin. We're playing Tyrone. But where is Dublin, Joe, actually from? He's a Cavan dub. He's from Cavan, only down the road from Tyrone. Is that going to be one of these little things that have historically gone against us in these big games, Fat Larry? If it is, 
I think everyone in the GA should be hanging their heads in shame in advance of this match. Whether he makes good calls or bad calls, I think it's a disgrace and a farce. And number five, I think it's an absolute joke. I was really impressed watching the Tyrone um, Kerry game the last day by you know it wasn't the the performance of the players in the field or the ref it was you know the fourth official Jerome Henry who really impressed me the last day in the way he you know handled the sideline area and I just think he had that you know all under you know great control and I was you know very hopeful now over the last couple of days that he would have gotten the nod to you know ref this All-Ireland final and you know besides the fact that he's a, a Mayo man you know we've had to play the dubs against Dublin refs for many many years now and it but it's no surprise you know Dublin always got preferential treatment when it came to finals and stuff so we shouldn't be surprised. Look Dublin suffered badly this year because they weren't able to pick their own refs they were without their goalkeeper. They were without their famous manger, Jim Gavin. But the most important person they were missing was GEA President John Horn. He would have sewed up the refs and the decisions and all of the big calls were already made prior to a ball being thrown in. We have a much more neutral president this year and although we didn't have a neutral venue, we still went up there and absolutely stuffed them. But we're going back there again for the final. And it's been announced today that tickets have been increased to a 51% capacity. So just over half-baked. Mayo fans will be in there, around 40,000, 42,000 of them. And how are they going to adapt, Fat Larry? Or rather, how will the team adapt to the viciously inbred, half-baked supporters, some of whom will not have been at a game in two or three years? Well, the way I see it, I think it's a big contradiction from the GA. really. You know, this 50% number, you know, that one metre social distancing, I'm not sure what the exact figure is, but, you know, any of the medical experts out there will tell you that that simply is not enough, you know, to hold back a huge, huge wave of Mayo fever building up inside Crow Park. So as far as I'm concerned, they might as well let 82,000 people into the stadium because... As it is, 40,000 inbreds who haven't been to a game in a long, long time, coupled with the fact of them, you know, also, you know, being very, very pumped up by the fact that they are one of the chosen 40,000 to get in. You know, it was all good and well getting into Crow Park when there was 82,000, but that will, you know, really inflate the ego of these, you know, Mayo fans who were already very, very unwell as it is. They're heading towards complete delirium now at this stage. The way that this season has gone, they've been riding on a crest of Mayo euphoria right throughout, right the way throughout the season thus far. And at this venture now, they're going to absolutely lose the run to themselves. So I suppose we here at Mayo back would appeal to those half-bakes that are lucky enough to enter the grounds of Crow Park on all Arnold file and day, just to hold a little bit in reserve for the second half. Whether Mayo are five points up or five points down, you don't want to be losing your voice in the first 10 or 15 minutes. You want to have a bit more to give in the second half and you want to be able to make that impact when you're called upon. Does that make sense, Fat Larry? That makes complete and utter sense. Um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, we get our finest inbreds um, into the stadium on the day. So, you know, we would implore everyone out there to make sure that, you know, if you're kind of 50-50 going to the game or not going to the game, you know, if you've got a very, very, you know, unwell Mayo friend who supports the team, you know, make sure that they're the ones you get in. You know, you always like to see the genuine unwells getting in on the big day. You know, so many of the tickets go, 
you know, to the the big corporate, um, you know, bodies and AIG, I'm sure, will soak up a lot of tickets and Mm -hmm. they might even burn them just to keep Mayo fans out of the stadium. But, you know, as things stand, it's, you know, holding at 50%, 50, 51% capacity. You know, there was talks that the GA might increase that capacity up closer to 69% in the coming days. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, Mayo Inbred's out there, you know, whether you're watching it in the stadium or whether you're watching it on the TV or listening in on the wireless, I think it's going to be a very, very uh, kind of a raw occasion for sure. Of course, the Mayo fans in Baal, we know that they'll all be gathered around the only TV television set that exists in Baal. They'll be looking in the windows and every other which way just to get a piece of the action on the very given day. But I was speaking to the Flying Doctor recently and he informed me that Mayo fever cases are set to swell on the day. And, you know, if we can possibly allow our minds to wander towards that situation where we're thinking about what would happen in the immediate aftermath of the game, the absolute, you know, the joy, just the fact that we will all succumb to the fever. We've talked before about many people on this earth, their job will be done. The heavens will simply open up and they will rise up once they've watched their beloved Mayo win the Samuel L. Maguire. Their work here is done and they'll be gone. For other people, you know, this will be the vaccination that's needed to, as you said, Fat Larry, let us all get on with our bloody lives at this stage. Absolutely. And I suppose as we approach the, I suppose, the end of the start of this podcast, I'd like to just thank myself and yourself for um, bothering to record this podcast today and I hope the the Mayo inbreds out there are enjoying themselves. I suppose now if you're expecting us to get into too much detail about the All-Ireland final I'd probably like to tell you at this stage that we don't intend on doing it on this or possibly any other podcast we Mm -hmm. come out with so if you're looking for your tactics and all the rest of it you might need to go elsewhere. You know but We'll be thinking, I suppose, of, you know, the Mayo players and the Mayo management and, you know, how their preparations are going. I was talking to James Horan recently and he was saying, TJ, that this Mayo team, they're they're watching a lot of Carnation Street in the build-up to this All-Ireland final. Do you think that's a wise, I suppose, move from a, from a tactical point of view? Well, there you go, Fat Larry. You say you don't want to talk tactics, but we're getting straight into the meat and two veg of it now. And this is something I've wanted to get my teeth around for a couple of weeks Because if we look at Tyrone from the standpoint of Coronation Street, we see a young guy who's had a series of, you know, trials and tribulations throughout his life. He was going out with Fizz there for a while. He he had another very abusive girlfriend at one stage that was beating the tar out of him. He, of course, lived with Jack and Vera, if we can go back to even those days. And the way that they raised him was, you know, to be innocent, I suppose, in a way. He's a bit simple. And when I look at that Tyrone, it reminds me of the Tyrone GEA Intercounty football team. A bit simple, innocent, kind of not not the full shilling, a few sandwiches short of a picnic, if you know what I'm trying to say there. And I think that Mayo will have nothing to fear. If we can think of a Carnation Street character like Liz McDonald or her husband, Steve, the way that they would go out into episodes which... Sorry, I'm after misspeaking there, Fat Larry. I'd like to correct this for the record. Liz McDonald's son was called Steve. Her husband was called Jim. Jim had a ferocious love for the cans. 
they weren't Bulmers now, they were probably more of a, a tenants or a carling or something of that ilk. But the way he'd scull those cans and he'd nearly be threatening to hammer Liz or the son even. And that's the way that Mayo need to approach this game. We need to go at it in a kind of a, a Kevin Webster sort of a Roy Cropper sort of a way where we can just take no prisoners on the day from number one right the way up to number 26, 37, 48, 69. We need to take no prisoners and we need to do a job on Tyrone. Would you agree with those sentiments? I would have to say that they kind of sum up the feelings that I've been having quite a bit. And, you know, I think if Mayo can kind of, you know, read into that sort of pattern and those different, um, you know, sequences of, of play that I suppose have played out on Coronation Street down through the last couple of years, I think it'll really give um, James Horn a kind of a, a blueprint as to how, you know, we're going to, you know, beat this Tyrone team you know like like Tyrone as you said you know he he came through a lot of trials and tribulations down through his life a little bit like you know this Mayo team as well so there's plenty to read into there you know I suppose a big thing about this game and it's it's surely going to open up a, a lot of painful memories for a couple of Mayo players who are still on the squad and I know a lot of them have retired um, in the last couple of years as well Mayo are facing a you know a big challenge in the sense that they're playing a Tyrone team TJ that are manged not by one uh, manger but by a joint management team. Surely that you know that omen. I haven't really decided yet whether it's good or bad. You know. So you're saying, Fat Larry, it's kind of a. 50-50 sort of a joint mangership ticket is that what you're implying well that's that's the kind of uh, the, the message I've been trying to, to get through you know and wow. I suppose looking at that um, you know Tyrone uh, joint management ticket you know they, they seem to have a a, a bigger manger uh, a kind of a a balder um, a, a bolder guy who seems to you know kind of sit up in the stand and watch the game from afar and then they have a a legendary, you know, former um, half-back slash half-forward um, who's a little bit smaller and he tends to run the line and it, it would remind me very much of a, of a joint management ticket that Mayo would have had a number of years ago, Which I think. Which one was that now? Well, the one we are referring to here, I suppose, is, is Pat and Noel. Um, and, you know, when we think about Pat and Noel, you know, we think of, obviously, Ballyhane comes to mind, we think of, you know... Who were the big stakeholders that night, Fat Larry? If you could go back and point the finger, as it were, who who, who, who do you think, you know, on the night of the long knives in Ballyheen, who do you think was sticking those knives into the backs? Well, I think it's become a lot easier for us to address this topic over the years, you know, as I suppose a lot of the stakeholders from that uh, night have, have retired from the Mayo team. So you're talking about the likes of Andy Moore and... Um, and Alan Dillon, of course, who would have been, you know, you know, holding keys to the ballot box, as it were, that evening. They were very much very involved there, you know. But That's where Chuck the Dolly, Alan Dillon, cut his teeth in political terms. He got into football politics long, long before he got into Irish politics. Now, I think, thankfully, albeit there are probably a couple of, you know, of the characters there who are still on this Mayo panel. For the most part, it's a fresh group of players that have come in. And when you think back to 2015 and 2016 and those years, you think of guys like Enda Hessian making Mayo memes as a transition year student below in St. Coleman's College. 
You know, you think of, you know, Stephen Cohen missing the, the vote on the night because he was shaking a bucket of nuts below in Hollymount. You know, these are the kind of pure characters that we have in this Mayo team now. You know, they don't get swept away in the politics and the history of it. And that bodes really well, I think, going into the final. There's a, a young crop here who are just looking to, you know, make history and... They're not too worried about joint manger tickets of years gone by. I hope the same can be said for some of the other members, the older members of this squad. The only worry I'd have on that, Fat Larry, now, and I'll allude to something that Swanee O'Hora said in that infamous post-match interview there after the Dublin game. He said, we have only one plan. And that worries me quite a lot because what he's inferring there, the suggestion that we're suggesting, which could possibly be alluded to in such inferences as that... We only have one manger, and that means we only have one plan. If we look at it from the Tyrone standpoint, two mangers, is there a possibility that they have two plans? Did we only see one of those plans against Kerry? Is there the possibility or the plausibility of a new plan unfolding against us in the final? It's a great question, and I suppose it's one that we will probably look into an awful lot more um, in detail next week when we... When we um, sit down, myself and yourself and the the wider Mayor back team, and we'll do our official preview of the All Ireland final, where we'll really get into the the meat and two veg, I suppose, and you know give the the listeners out there our, our matchups and our you know who we think are going to be the key stakeholders in this game. You know, I for one hope that you know Tyrone have as much success with their joint manger team as we had with ours. You know, it could have worked out so much better. You know, we wish it did. But, you know, as you know, a lot of players in the team said that a joint manger team just simply doesn't work. And that's what they said. They said they needed one manger to mange the team on its own. So they have that now. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no excuses. We've just got to go out and finish the job. There's only one comment I want to make on this Tyrone Mangership now before we move on to more pressing issues. And that is a story that I was told quite recently about Brian Dewar during his playing career. Brian Dewar is a vet. Did you know that, Fat Larry? He looks after unwell animals. He does, yes. Yes. And he was was checking in on a bullock two weeks before an All-Ireland final, maybe in 05 or 08. And then the bullock draw a kick on him and kicked him in the sack. And he actually passed out with the pain. He was unconscious on the ground because of the sack kicking that he got from the Bullock. If you can imagine the Mayo team as that Bullock, just for mental imagery purposes, we need to kick Brian Dewar in the sack, as it were, in footballing terms. And we'll do that, you know, by, you know, kicking lots of scores and, you know, being very tight to our men and all that. And I think, you know, one thing I do expect Mayo to do in this All-Ireland final is to, you know, line out with you know, 15, you know, footballers, I suppose, and mm-hmm. 15 guys who want to win an All-Ireland final. I think that that much, even 10 days out from the final, is very, very clear. Now, we don't want to get into too much detail with the podcast because we know we're back again next week for our preview. And, of course, this podcast has been solely de- dedicated to the Mayo Camogie Championship victory. But I know one or two people would be... Very disappointed if we didn't ask this question. And in fact, it would be remissive of us not to. We are looking for an update on the O'Sheen Mullins's injuries. Both O'Sheen Mullins's are now currently injured. We were aware that, you know, there was one guy, but an injury was so bad that both of them now have been ruled out. 
What sort of state do you think that leaves this Mayo team in? Well, from what we can see, you know, the, the signs are, are, are good. You know, he, he appears to be, you know, making steady progress from this injury. And, you know, I know he'll be listening to us this evening and we hope he's well. But, you know, it's good to see that, you know, he's still out and he's walking around and he's, you know, keeping the woman happy and all the rest of it. So, you know, the signs are good. You know, he's he's out walking um around. He's walking down around Kong there and whatever and... You know, hopefully he can, you know, break into a gentle jog now in the next couple of days. And, you know, I'm sure come Saturday week, he'll be sprinting around Crow Park and he'll be doing all sorts of all sorts of things to Mayo supporters. Now, there's no better time than now to make a suggestion to the wider public at large. And that is to say that we want to say a massive thank you and a very, you know, show our appreciation to you, the half-baked, fully unwell listeners of the Mayo Are Back podcast but especially to the Corja Mayor Back. And we have a lot of recent graduates into the Corja Mayor Back Society now. We're letting you know that your cards are very much on their way or whatever. They're being processed, as it were, by a brilliant company. If you're ever looking for plastic cards, adc.ie, they have a Mayo touch about them. They're absolutely fantastic to deal with. And they're going to be the middlemen, as it were, in terms of getting these cards out to you, the wider inbreds at large. But from the bottom of our Mayo Hartines, we would like to thank all new and very much old members of that Corgi Mayo scheme. It's the only thing keeping the the county board from our door and keeping, you know, the lawsuits ticking over. We've been a walking liability from day one, but I suppose it's been you, the fans, that have kept us going, as it were, in a way. So I would like to say a very firm thank you to you at this time. Yes, no, absolutely. Thank you very much to the Corridor Mayor back. You're a phenomenal group and, you know, those cards will give you lots of different perks and, you know, you'll enjoy yourself a lot more for getting one. So if you don't have one, we would implore you, you, you know, to get one of those very, very quickly. You know, the Corridor Mayor back, TJ, they're a very unwell bunch, mm-hmm. you know, and I suppose something that's also been quite unwell in the county now over the last couple of years is our pitch in McHale Park. You know, I think it's probably a very good time. You know, we have a, a new sponsor, you know, a named sponsor of, of McHale Park, what formerly was Everly's McHale Park is now Hastings Insurance McHale Park. And I think that was a very wise move for them. You know, I'm sure they'll be providing, you know, a lot of health insurance and life assurance to a lot of you know, unwell Mayo supporters over the next, you know, probably 10 days or so. And if you haven't got it, I'd probably suggest, you know, you get it bought quickly. But, you know, it's disappointing, I think, now that the that the pitch isn't ready because I, for one, you know, with Dublin out of the championship would have, you know, foreseen maybe us getting the chance, you know, to host the All-Ireland final in McHale Park. What are your thoughts on that? I think that would be an absolutely fabulous idea, Fat Larry. Now, whether it would suit us or not, given our history and our form on that pitch, you know, it's hard to know, would would it have played into our favour or would it have actually worked against us? But the situation we find ourselves now in is that the pitch is being done up currently, as it were. If we were ever to find ourselves in a homecoming scenario, I don't think it's, you know, advisable for us to be walking around on the pitch. The pitch is sandy, it's dirty, it's mucky, it's 
you know, it's the way that Mikhail Park itself has been in October and November for those club championship games. The type of pitch that if you sent a four or five year old out for a kick around, they'd leave it an absolute shite. Do you know what I mean? And that's one thing that we've clamped down on an awful lot. And I think the country broad would be turning in their graves if they pictured us traipsing around and walking around on that pitch on any given day over the next couple of weeks, as it were. I think it's great though we've given out a lot about the dubs over the years but it is great that Mayo have copied that Dublin approach you know on and off the field you know we have an insurance company of our own sponsoring us and I think that's going to be really good going forward you know we've had you know our fair share of heartache in AIG Crow Park over the years but hopefully now we'll have very different experience now in our own uh, insurance stadium over the next couple of years. Uh, Do you know what I think if Sam comes home, I don't think there'll be any need for a pitch, so they might as well not bother sowing the grass in it at all. Because I, for one, and like many more, will probably die happy if this Mayo team can go and lift the Sam Maguire. Now, speaking of dying happy, there was an image portrayed in one of the national magazines last weekend which nearly made me want to die, and it was our Mayo captain and figurehead and leader, Audio Shea, Jogging down the beach, as it were, it looked like Mikhail Park pitch for all intensive purposes, such was the sand that it was riddled in and the waterlogged nature of it. But something that was waterlogged that night, Fat Larry, was probably my bed. Going to bed that night, I was visited by Aidan coming out of the beach in, I don't know, a mixture of David Hasselhoff and Daniel Craig and the the phone in the hand and the red shorties on and... It was one of those images that I don't know if I ever needed to see it. I think, you know, is it enough to see him going round in GEA gear and playing football, as it were? But to see him with his top off and his trousers gone missing, I just... It was nearly too much for me now as a Mayo supporter. And I'm sure those sediments will be echoed all around the county by men and women alike, if I can use such disgusting gender pronouns to describe them as. I'm sure it'll be tough now for Aidan as well. You know, I'm sure he was looking forward to a Mayo Kerry All-Ireland final and all of the perks that would have come along with that as well. You know, Tyrone probably isn't as attractive, you know, but, you know, at least I suppose Aidan parading around the beach in his, in his tidy whities you know, it kind of, it, it takes the pressure off, you know, some of these younger guys, you know, you have guys like Ryan O'Donoghue and, you know, Enda Hessian and the likes who, you know, can kind of get about their job and look at if Aiden is willing to, you know, ship all the flack, you know, more power to him. He's really, you know, performing a captain's role there. I suppose to sum up this game that's going to take place, the game that is known as the All-Arnold Final, it's going to be the battle of the red hand versus the red shorts. And I know whose hand I'd want on my shorts if it ever came down to such an event. Now, we've almost gotten to the end of the introductory part of the podcast. So what's coming up on today's show, I hear you ask? Well, we are going to be covering the camogie in great detail. I think we have alluded to it already at this stage. But the main thing that we want to get through today is a little bit of a segment that we love from one of our local papers. It's called The Quick Fire Questions. And, you know, it always helps if you have a very special guest in store. You're probably bored of listening to these two voices at this stage. So we're here. We're going to freshen things up. We're going to get a new voice in. And we're going to ask Fat Larry some quick fire questions. Are you ready, Fat Larry? I'm ready. Now, these questions are coming quick and fast and a lot of them are being shot from the hip and from other areas like that. So we're going to need you on top of your form and on top of your game to answer back all of the half-bigs that have been in touch today. First up, will you be at the homes coming after the match? 
if I, you know, if Mayo happen to win the All Ireland final at this particular point in time, I, I don't know will I be on this earth in, you know, for long enough to make it back down the road to Castlebar. It'll remain to be seen, and I'd say there'll be a few more Mayo fans who will be in a similar boat to myself. Next up, what will you be drinking when we win? Oh, uh, you know, it's it's hard to look past it. You know, it's seen us through in 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 you know a lot of bad times. You know, we've had a lot of. You know, sour, bitter cans of Bulmers after many an All-Ireland loss. But I think those ones, you know, this year, come Sunday morning, will be very sweet indeed. Yes or no to this one? Will Oshin be back for the final? Yes. This one is a bit of an open-ended one. How do? How do? Next up, how many fabulous kicks do we need from Rob Hanley to win this game? If we could get one like we got at the end of the Dublin game... That's all we need. We know now who we want to put the ball, you know, in, in. We know whose hands we want the ball to be put in now. We want them to be placed firmly in the hands of our 16th man. And I think, I, I trust this guy more than ever. I hope I don't live to regret those words. Very acute observation here. Considering the way the swan took to water in the shamey, should we hope for a rainy phylum? Well, you know, no more than the Mayo supporters, the Mayo players also. We love it when it's wet. Mick Burns or Johnny McHales? Mix. What are the meat and two veg of choice? Uh, hard to whittle it down to two. I do like to go for the whole lot myself, but I be very fond of a Brussels sprout now and a scoop of mash. Does Rod have enough jizz and spunk to fill the hole the cock left? <laughs> yes. On a dry day, would you stick with the gloves or would you go finger licking? Oh, I would have to, you know, I'd, I'd always be a fond favourite now of, of the finger lick. Which Rua is the best? New Antrim Street, Spencer Street or centre midfield for Mayo? Uh, you know, you've got New Antrim Street there. You've got Alan Dillon is captain of that uh, Rua. Then you've got, obviously, Aidan is captain up on the other side, up on uh, there on by the Mals. So, depending on, on, on which one you want to go for, you know, hopefully if they opened up a third one now with, you know, maybe Rhino Donahue going in there or maybe even a Cafe Rouen either would be very nice. So, I, I'll go for I'll go for Aidan on this one. What's your opinion on high visibility socks? An, an absolute need, you know, it, particularly when inbreds are out late in the evening time. It's dark around Mayo over the winter, you know, keep yourself safe. What is your first memory of manifesting? Um, I've manifested the, you know, the idea of being present in the Ballyhane Clubhouse in 2015 many times. And I think that one for me is definitely the, the clearest that I've had. Oh, this is a great one. And all Mayo fans will be asking this. What will Stephen Cohn be filling with Bulmers on Sunday morning? Will it be Sam Maguire or a half-empty bucket of calf nuts? This guy is, you know, he's committed to his his farming. I've no doubt he'll be straight down the road as soon as the game is over and he'll be shaking the nuts. Do you think Fergal Boland should start the final? Definitely, yeah. I think he should. I think he's the wild card that we need. You know, he's been you know, forgotten, the forgotten man in this team. But I remember he, he, he played phenomenally well in a, in a round one league game above in Oma a couple of years ago. So, you know, based on that form, I think we need to get him in the team. 
How would you like the Mayo players to celebrate each score? Would you like to see them fisting the air or each other? <laughs> um, you know, I would I would rather see them fist each other after the <clears throat> final whistle. So I'm going to say fist the air. Socks up or socks down? Oh, always down. We've noticed the big improvement in Conroy Loftus since he cut those socks at the mid-length and all of the players for that regard. The mm. days of the high socks are over. Next up, how many birds do you need on the Mayo team to win an All-Arnold? Well, based on history, we had enough of them and we didn't win any. We have one bird at the minute and you never know, one might do the job. Next up, who would you pick as the young player of the year, Fat Larry? Do you think debutante Stephen Cohn or possibly debutante Conroy Loftus could be in the running for that award? You know, two guys who have really put their hand up this year. I think, you know, um, the youngest of the O'Shea brothers, Connor, has put up his hand as well. You know, he could potentially, um, you know, pick up an award. And the last question we're going to ask at this venture is if Cullen Boyle and Porik O'Hora had a fight, who would win? And feel free to go into as much detail as you want about this one, Fat Larry. <laughs> oh, it's such a tough one. Um, it's a tough one to pick now, you know. It's, it's probably not fair to you know, put Cullen Boyle and Porgahora, you know, based on their current, you know, status into a, a kind of a fisting uh, match together. But, you know, if you if you had the Porgahora of 2021 fisting the um, Cullen Boyle of 2017, wow, that, you know, the mind really does wander to all sorts of places when you when you say that out loud. Yeah, I could see them in the octagon rolling around and... But Swanee looking for that tap out manoeuvre but Cullen Boyle having the backup of on Garda Siakona coming in to arrest him for any possible moves I think that could play a huge huge role in that particular fight but we're not here to discuss dissect or digest that particular match we've been here to I suppose wag the chins and pass a bit of time for the Mayo Halfbakes we know you're struggling to fill those evenings you don't know what to do with all of the self-manifestation and manifesting the people nearest and dearest to you with Mayo Fever being so rife and so rampant, we thought that this podcast could bridge the gap, as it were, and I hope we did that. We're almost coming to the end of the introductory phase now and getting, I suppose, towards the, the very end of the podcast, as it were. We're going to keep it short and sweet today. We'll be back with a lot more jizz next week. But, Falari, is there any, I suppose, closing thoughts or any sediments you'd like to share with the fan base at large? The entire Mayo diaspora and kind of sphere at this stage? I think you can only, you know, say to the inbreds at this stage that they should, you know, continue to do what they've done for so long now. They need to continue to manifest themselves and, more importantly, they need to manifest each other Mm -hmm. on a very regular basis and that will, I suppose, you know, provide enough, you know, good inbred Mayo energy now to see us through for the next 10 days or so and up the steps of Crow Park. To the fans out there, I'd say do what you do, do well and indeed mayo do, do, do and echo those sediments all you like. To Fat Larry, I'd like to give you a sincere and deep thank you from the bottom of my mayo heart for coming in and joining us today. I know you've got an extremely busy schedule, but I know one of the reasons that we have listeners to this podcast is the top level quality of analysts and guests that we provide on a very regular basis if it's not too promiscuous of a question for me to ask do you think you might make time to join us again for our all-ireland final preview special next week 
I'm sure if the conditions and the, you know, um, I suppose the, 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 the male energy is right, you know, I've enjoyed this, uh, pod, you know, this, this pod, pod, tripod, you could call it, of, it's one of the first ones that I've done and I would definitely be interested in maybe dipping my toe in um, and trying this out again next Thank you very much, Fat Larry. That's all for today, folks. Mayo do do do, Tyrone, how do? Merton, hit me an unmeasurable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? But I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back and fucking do it. Why? Because I was simply the best of I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. One of the reasons that we have left our work.